0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Good evening, all. Uh, I'm your host, Danny Young, tonight. Uh, Mr. Welling's taking a back seat. Um, So, sat here, parody in hand, nothing better to do than get stuck into some boxing chat with some fellow Nutters. So, as well as Steve, we've got on the call uh, the North Carolina assassin, Justin. And we've got Matt Butters on the call. So, evening to you all, gents. Evening, Dan. Um, Evening. Uh, So, Wanted to get the negative stuff out of the way because obviously there's a lot of it about, but there is obviously two uh, really big talking points that's come up this week. Um, the main one that's uh, that's obviously caused some controversy in the chat is the um, the Connor Ben and Piers Morgan interview, which I've which I've watched from start to finish. Um, have either of you lot actually seen it at all? Or?
0: No, I haven't watched it.
2: I no. I, su- I suffered through twenty minutes of Piers Morgan. Before getting to that Conor Ben interview, Christ Almighty! Do not watch, do not watch Piers well, Morgan.
1: As uh, as as Steve used a couple of times last week, um, the phrase Danny's done the hard work for me. I've done it again, Steve. So you don't have to bother. Thank um, okay. you. So twenty minutes of watching, like you say, Matt, um, a really strange interview. Um, I, I say it was strange because I. I connor ben for me is is not a top level sportsman um he's certainly not even a top level boxer and for him to have to go on to a piers morgan show or to, I, what what is that tv show where is it i don't even know like obviously i only found it on youtube so it, it's it was all a bit strange to me but but to have to pull that i don't know publicity stunt if you like just seems a little bit weird weird, weird to me but but hey ho so connor starts off with you know with a very strong term and says you know that this is all a bit of a witch hunt and that he's never seen any other la- athlete you know uh, been dealt with like this before but obviously um, i don't know whether he's too young to remember the armstrong debacle and how that went down but that was that was quite strong uh, over social media at that point um, but do we believe that connor ben's being treated any differently or is it just because we've got social media now and we can go straight to the subject or i, d- I don't know what, what matt let's bring you on, on that one of having seen it what what are your views on that do you think it's do you think it's uh, the reason why i think it's a witch hunt is it because it's social media driven these days or do you just think it's he's taking it out of proportion
2: yeah, I, I think he's probably just taking it out of proportion. I mean, look, the the social media thing is obviously going to be a lot bigger because Conor Ben, for what he is, is at least a name. He was the front runner of the DAZN prospects, you know, r- running through and headlining all their shows. So he, he would have a little bit more scrutiny on him than you, you'd say some of the lower level fighters who might have failed the drugs test, but. Still, I, I don't think he's been treated any differently than any other uh, sportsman would have been had they have failed the drug tests in the, in the same position. And I, I think you can see that from what the British Boxing Border Control have said, which is, you know, literally, we're going to investigate this, but you need to cooperate with us. And I, Ben's response has essentially been. We'll do one, mate, which is the most childish response I could think of to someone asking you to provide them some evidence. I, I just, yeah. if, if Ben thinks it's a witch hunt, it's a witch hunt that's been brought entirely upon himself by his own actions, exactly. Well, so, yeah, on so on
1: that, yeah, right, so so Piers Morgan then proceeds to go and uh, uh, starts mentioning the 270 pages uh of of supposed evidence yeah to to then determine that or or certainly provide something to say that conor ben is innocent yeah and 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 he and he says you know why why are you not showing this to the, the british boxing board of control and he doesn't really seem to get an answer so i don't know like steve i don't know your thoughts on this but like I just think to myself, like, it's plain and simple. If you've got 270 pages and it's doing you some, you know, wealth of good, get it out there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is crazy. You do the legwork for me. Dominic Henry as well is is constantly sending me links and, and things to watch and that, and Connor Ben's name does carry weight, mainly given his dad's exploits and I suppose DAZN's desperate struggle for for headliners, really. He is a star of some description. They were looking to move him on to pay-per-view at some point, starting with the Chris Eubank fight. Regarding this interview, I doubt Matroom would have been pleased with, with this taking place. I know someone mentioned before about Eddie throwing him into this interview. I really don't think that's the case because Matchroom, Eddie and the people behind him would not have been able to control the narrative. And I think that's probably done more harm than good, even though I haven't watched it. He's gone on Steve, Piers Morgan. Go ahead.
1: Steve, I must say, just jumping in there, I must say that uh, Ames did a really good interview. We'll talk about this in a minute, but Ames <clears> did a really good interview with Hearn, I believe it was today. And uh, Hearn says that he had nothing to do with that interview. So yeah, quite rightly, I, I, I agree. I don't think he's very happy with it either.
0: Okay. Oh, um, yeah, um, Dominic has sent me the link to that interview with Ames and I do... I watch a bit of ID boxing, shout out to Ben Faruqi, and I've got a lot of time for Ames, so I am going to actually break my duck and watch watch the Seconds Out interview later on and see exactly what's said. So that's good to have that clarification because um, I can well believe that they wouldn't have had anything to do with it because they can't control the narrative. He's called it a witch hunt. That sounds daft to us, but the general sporting consumer could well swallow this storyline. I was looking through the other day on Google Alerts. I have boxing set up on Google Alerts every day. Just the headlines coming through, see what's interesting, click on them there and again. Sometimes I don't. A CNN one one popped up yesterday, and the headline was, Conor Benn has, quote, unquote, serious concerns over boxing's drug testing after being cleared of failed tests because of highly elevated consumption of eggs. So there's CNN. They're basically saying he's been cleared of the test, cleared by the WBC. He's still got unfinished business with the British Boxing Board of Control. As Rob Kelly said on the pod last week, my truth, he keeps saying, my truth, my truth. What about the truth? It's all vague language. Bible verses on social media. The old (laughs) mental health chestnut. All the tricks of the trade. Zero acceptance, no contrition. It's all been aggression, threats, bullying, going after the board. It's the same every time. Conor Ben, Tyson Fury, Canelo, the cash cows, they get absolved because they're bringing the revenue for all the parties. If it's a low-level guy, we spoke about it before, Liam Cameron, they throw the book at them. It's quite simple. The likes of Ben are able to bully their way out of these situations.
3: He's just yeah. a prick. He's just a prick.
0: So,
1: Justin, what, what, what hope have we got for boxing if... The fans are saying that the, the drug testing is basically a waste of fucking time. And now we've got professional boxers also saying that drug testing is a waste of time. Should we just fucking juice everyone up and let them go at it like we've said many times before?
3: I don't know. Like I said, back to the – I mean, yeah, but Ben, it's not that it's a wedge, shut. He just won't shut up. He keeps talking about it. and You know, he, he made such a huge deal about it and kept going on and on. if he had just – sat back, had not made a big deal about it, and just kind of waited to see what happened. People, it wouldn't have blown up as bad as it did, but when you won't shut the hell up about it and come out with it, like Steve said, everybody said this crazy shit trying to defend yourself, you, you made it, you put the spotlight on it. You made it bigger than it had to be because you won't shut the hell up. And now, like you said, CNN completely, like Steve said, just reworded what the WBC said and made it sound like that he was just some kind of, victim and that he didn't do anything wrong and so he, it's never going to change I think really honestly the only way it's going to change is somebody dies and I, I know that's extreme but I think somebody has to die and the, the person has to pop for like the big baby Miller shit and then it'll change but, but somebody Justin, it only, yeah
1: Justin it'll get to, to save boxing's reputation if someone's popped and someone's died the part of me thinks they'll just cover it up.
3: Yeah, well, they might. I mean, they probably will. But I'm, I'm just trying to think of something extreme. And that that's the only thing I can think of is that because all you have to do is get called. Yeah, well, I Connor Conor Vance kind of made it worse for himself because he won't shut up. But just sit back, kind of come up with some excuse, and then it's all going to go away. I mean, look at Miller. He had like, what, 37 different kinds of drugs in his system. And it all goes away. It always does. Until they start banning people for life at least, that there's nothing there's nothing you can really do about it. I'm sure everybody that's ever boxed has took something. It might not have been big time steroids. Yeah. yeah, but they've took something. Everybody who's ever boxed has took something. There's no doubt in my mind they've taken something. It just is what it is. I don't think there's no way to change it. It's just it just is what it is.
1: So so the the interview then moves on and Piers mentions uh, sorry, Connor Ben then mentions all the charges that were put against him from the British Boxing Board Border Control and um and, and and basically you know says, Oh I, like how do you think I should I do you think I should take this? You know, it like it's that's not like it wasn't fair. And then like and then goes on to mention that like, his legal team and that that his pride stops him from producing the evidence, and then like just before Piers Morgan like is about to, you know, interject, he's like, you know, but my my he then mentions that his dad was quick, you know, ripped up his licence on a lot of the T V and 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 I just I just wonder, Matt, like that's that to me is just like a deflection tactic to just you know, just to I I don't know, just to just to point the attention away from him briefly. Just you know, because his dad did it doesn't mean it's right, you know, I I Look, you know, most most of us will know that there were some inklings that that his dad was, you know, tampering. Should we say back in the day? El so,
0: Spence alluded to that, didn't he recently?
1: Yeah. So, like, I just, you know, like, is, I mean, are we just seeing Connor just follow his dad's footsteps because you know, there's no case, there's no case to be heard, and and this is the only way of getting out of it is to just move on to the states.
2: I, I his dad never exactly covered himself in glory when it comes to the drugs test thing, I, I, as Steve kind of alluded to uh the whole not taking a test after after the McClellan fight yeah it's, there's a there's a lot of suspicion around Nigel Ben and the uh, drugs test and I, I I don't know anything for certain but oh, I think I think we should just leave that as it is but look, Nigel Ben's still a name and he's still popular with the British public. And so when Ben goes on, when uh, Connor, I should say, goes on uh, an interview and says, oh, I, I did what my dad did. I tore up the British license. You know, it's almost like trying to take himself, take everyone back to what his dad did and trying to put himself in the light of his dad and trying to say, oh, look, I'm just like my dad. I'm doing the right thing here. When actually he's basically doing something to try and avoid taking responsibility for a failed drugs test. That's exactly what it is in terms of what he's going to do going forwards. That interview with Ames that uh, Eddie did suggested that uh, Connor's next fight was either going to be in the U S or Saudi Arabia. And then the next fight was going to be in the UK. So Eddie's thinking that by that point, uh, the British Boxing Board of Control will have made a decision and presumably he's assuming that they would have cleared him or potentially maybe a a backdated ban of some sort that covers the period. I don't know how it all works, but yeah. basically by that point, he's assuming that the British Boxing Board of Control would have sorted it all out. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. To be honest with you, I actually think the British Boxing Board of Control have, basically done everything they could possibly do in this situation they've said well we need the evidence in <laughs> order to make a decision you haven't provided us with any evidence and there's no cooperation uh yeah. to be honest I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if, if if they ban him to be honest with you so i i know we were just saying before about uh you know how basically everyone's a juicer and and everyone and that they've put basically chucked it under the rug but I I think Connor might be someone they start to make an example of or maybe I'm just being really optimistic here and I probably am, but I I feel like this is the one time they've actually started to make a an, an example of Connor. I, I I reposted a tweet in the Nutters group today and it was a tweet from UCAD basically explaining what strict liability was and how it applied.
1: Yeah, it was a good good tweet
2: that. I can't see why they would have posted that, if not as a direct response to you know everything connor has been saying about contamination and about how all the tests were, were, were messed up. Basically, UCAD's stance is, if there was something in your body that you ingested, then you are liable for a ban. I, I, and I can't see how the British Boxing Board of Control won't also take that stance as well. So... Look, Ben just needs to release a 270-page document. If he doesn't release it to the board, then he probably won't have a British license, and he'll have to fight in Saudi or the US, where he has no crowd or no draw. So he's not going to be the star of his own want him to be anymore.
1: Yeah, it, I agree. It... I want to want to park that whole where he fights next just for a second. Um, there's there's. The, the last thing I, well, the last thing I really want to kind of delve into in the interview and, and and this this is this is the one that really bothers me so Connor starts to talk about his mental health right and um, like it's a subject you can't joke about um, I, I've had a few issues myself recently I know close people nearby that have had some issues as well right so it's not, it's not it's no joke it's not funny. Now, if he's if he's suffering mental health issues, then obviously that's not good. And anyone shouldn't, you know, no one should make made to be feel to feel that way. And that's uh, obviously, you know, yeah, that's bad. But like to go back and state the obvious. Yeah. If what's happened is affecting your mental health and you have set 270 pages that basically says or potentially clears your name, then why the fuck would you not hand it over? to improve your own mental health and just to put everything to bed. Steve, it just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: No, it's a strange, it's a difficult one. It's such a, a kind of taboo subject for so many reasons. We, we, at the end of the day, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and it could well be affecting his mental health, but people are throwing it around so casually these days. And yeah. like you, like even in my family, I've had uh, mental health issues and even suicides as a, resu- a result of it. So I, I understand the seriousness of it which I think makes it even worse when it is being thrown about. We just don't know, but it seems to get attached onto things very quickly just to kind of broaden out the package a little bit. Oh, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened, and then the mental health gets brought out again. It's going to make people feel sceptical, especially when he's having to go at the board. As you guys rightly said, that is just a complete red herring. I'm going after the board. and ripping up my licence like my father did. It's back. It's, it's similar a couple of years ago when the whole MTK thing was going on and Barry McGuigan. I've got no real love for either side. And they were posting pictures of Barry with Jimmy Savile and all, like guilt by association. It's a red herring. It's not relevant to the argument. Ripping up your license or not going off to fight in America because you're so enraged. It doesn't make any sense to me, the whole thing. But as for the personal issues, I hope he's not suffering as much as he says he is. But this needs to be resolved. It needs to be sorted out. We have scientific evidence, as far as I know, from these testing companies that say in black and white terms, with a, to a millisecond of a degree, uh, whether they're accurate or not, to say whether you failed or not. And you got B samples and all this for a reason. And I've said before on the pod, and I'll say very quickly again here as well, whenever someone tests uh, fails a test, Usually, you would think, "Oh, great! At least we've weeded somebody out of the sport. The drug testing is doing their job. All these organisations are there for a reason." No, it's the opposite. It's try and get the person cleared as quickly as possible. Circumnavigate the rules as best as you can, and get back to the status quo.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's it's, it's a no brainer. It literally is a no brainer. Um, just just closing out on that interview, like then then Nigel obviously then jumps on and proceeds to. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, doesn't talk well these days. I wonder whether those punches back in the day have, have taken its toll. He, he mumbles quite a bit now, bless him, and 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 his his element of the interview is very heavily edited, and I I do wonder what he had, it he, it said that made them uh them cut quite a bit out. Um, but then obviously it he allu- he then alluded to him ripping his license up and saying that the british boxing border control were dealing with connor in this way because because it, that was the way they dealt with him back in the day and they they trying to i think it's a load of rubbish to be honest with you but hey ho um it just just one little side note it did make me laugh um nigel Ben says that um at his lowest therapy was like he, he doesn't really drink but uh, his lowest he, he was having like half a bottle of wine a night, and I thought, "Fuck me, I'm normally about two bottles a night." That makes <laughs> me feel like an alcoholic. But hey ho, um,
2: he shouldn't see me on most weekends if that's if
0: that's <laughs> it, it, that bad.
1: Right, so I want to I want to go on. So obviously, uh, as we've alluded to, Ames does it does it as a, a great interview of Eddie Hearn today for Seconds Out. So if, if you're listening and you haven't checked it out, it, it's pretty good for for the. Uh, i don't know what is it 10 or 15 minutes it, it it goes on for um justin it's it's really funny because obviously as as matt alluded to earlier like home starts talking about um that well Herm, kind of basically he, he wants conor ben to fight in the uk now that's a given because that's where he, that's where conor ben's going to make the most of his money yeah uh, and and all the rest of it which is which is quite rightly you know which is quite right yeah and, and he knows that he's not stupid he knows that yeah but then he then he goes on to say that Conor Ben can have massive fights in America, and um, and in the Middle East, like how like obviously living in the state well, he's dropped off. But anyway, anyone could take this. So, but oh, maybe Matt even. So, who is he going to fight in the states? And why would anyone in America want to go and see Conor Ben, given that he hasn't even fought for a British title yet? So he's not, he's not, the, he's not at the forefront of boxing right now. Certainly not in the welterweight division either.
2: I I couldn't think of anyone who who would even know him in the U.S. To be honest with you, he, he, he wouldn't be able to headline a show. That's for sure. He'd be on the he, he'd be on undercard somewhere on one of the one of the the, the bigger matchroom shows in the U.S. Maybe. And is that where Conor Ben really wants to be? For you know the good a, a good what, two, three years while he tries to build up his name in the US? I I, I don't think so. He I, I think he'd hate doing that. I'd probably hate it more than all of this other business he's got on with the board right now. So, I, I don't know. Eddie's he, in a bit of a sticky situation, to be honest, when you, with matching him right now because I can't see him fighting in the US. I could maybe see him fighting in Saudi. They're, they're talking about matching him with Manny Pacquiao, which fuck me, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I really would not want to see that at all unless uh, unless they allow Pacquiao to juice as much <laughs> as <laughs> Connor <laughs> as the same Connor is juicing, and then maybe it'd be somewhat of an even fight then, but fuck me. They're, they're talking about it, that. It's no,
1: just following the it's following the path. The last what two or three fighters he's full they've basically been dug up anyway, right? With no real consistent record. Like, and this is just a ploy to have a go at another name. Although the last two were relative names, I suppose, in the States. You know, he's, going for Manny Pacquiao, who, what, he hasn't laced a glove up now for what? Five, five years? Four, three, three, four years, something like that? I don't know now.
0: You, Gus, was 20... Twenty was it? 2021? Yeah,
1: twenty twenty one? Yeah, twenty. Yeah, so best part, of maybe three years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing. Like, like again, I go back to it. It's the guy's not even fought for a British title. So what makes what makes him think that Manny Pacquiao is going to come out of like you know retirement to fight someone who's I don't know. I just find it an odd stance from a promoter that really should know better. But hey ho. Um. I was gonna say, like, it's interesting. So, so when Ames was to, talking to Hearn, like in the interview earlier, you know, like Hearn's obviously talking about how he wants kind of Ben to get his British license back. And again, I think that's Hearn thinking about more about his own pockets than anything else. But you know, that's that's him, and that's how he thinks. I did find it. I did find it interesting because obviously he's still going on about. Obviously, the British Boxing Board of Control and the way they dealt with it, and they that, that they cost him a load of money because they pulled the fight at the last minute, right? And I don't really want to, I don't really want to arc back to like old fucking news, right? But her moaning about the British Board Control, British Boxing Board of Control canceling the event, yeah, is laughable because as the promoter, as soon as a test is positive, regardless of, regardless of where it's been self inflicted or not. Surely, Steve, it's in within the best interest of the promoter to pull the fight there and then. And we know that Hearn is previous with White and, um, and all the promoters should take that stance and have a duty of care, just like we do or I certainly do when I'm at work around health and safety and the people that work for me. Surely it's no different.
0: Well, I mean, you would think that, but the, the boxing's different, isn't it? It's, ab- it's a different case scenario. As soon as uh, it comes through, they would have been trying to get the event on by all costs and, and ask for, what is it, you, you do the action first and then ask for permission later. That would have been their first thing. The money, how can we reschedule this? How can we get this event on, basically? and get around all the things that are taking place at the moment. That would have been their first thing, not the safety of the boxers. They're about to put Ben against bank on pay-per-view. They're not interested in the safety of of anybody. Let, let's be brutally honest about this. They're thinking about the pay-per-view, the numbers, the payments, etc. That's just the, the brutal business they're in. Uh, as for the question of what they're going to do with him next, I could see something like a Pacquiao because he's had a bit of a carnival career. He's kind of been beating up on people who are a little bit past it, was wondering when he was going to step up in class. He's never quite done that. Excuse me. He's never fought for a British title because oddly, some of those guys at the time probably might have beaten him. So they've gone a completely different route to to move him towards pay-per-view. He took a calculated gamble against Eubank, or he was about to anyway, before the fight got shelved. So I could see him turning up well in Saudi Arabia against Pacquiao in, in summer, absolutely, or in America. And it, it may be about the the opponent, you know, sticking him with someone like Adrian Broner or somebody like that, and they can keep the bandwagon rolling on. Long term, I honestly have no idea what they're going to do with him. I can't even posit a, a thought because... Things are coming through my head, like, I don't know, some outrageous thoughts, like they might get him a different license, like he might be under his dad managing and promoting him effectively, even though we all know it's Eddie, but he's like having shows in the UK, but under some kind of different license, or he turns up in Ireland, or or all sorts of crazy scenarios to get him back, because I can't see the board budging at the moment, and he's going to have to just ride this out for the next year, or maybe even two years before he can come back to Britain. Um, In the meantime, yeah, stick him in Saudi Arabia. You'll always get a license somewhere. That's the thing about boxing. There's no universal thing. That's why we've got so many sanctioning bodies. You can go and get a license somewhere, Arkansas, Kansas, anywhere. They'll license you. So you can't stop the people from fighting. I don't know what they're going to do with the long term. I honestly don't.
1: Well, I don't want to give Conor Ben any ideas, but if you get a licence in Malta, you also get some currency as well. So it's always, it's not a bad choice really. There you go.
0: You you just would not know what's coming next. Hobson's out in Malta. He's running a show tonight from Wolverhampton. Boxing's the red light district of sports, as Andrew Patterson often reminds us. Who the hell knows what's going to come next? It's going to be quite interesting to see, actually. It's absolutely,
1: it's fucking filthy. That's what it is. (laughs) And I'm still paying for it. No, I'm not actually. I'm not paying for it. Um, Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, Justin, you dropped off, mate. But I was going to ask you, like, so Steve's alluded to, like, he thinks that you know, that wouldn't surprise him if it was, uh, you know, Manny Pacquiao next in the states, if that's where his next fight is. What What makes you think there's going to be any kind of a crowd to go and see a Conor Ben who? Has not really challenged anyone with heart rate within the last like you know three years.
3: Well, there's no crowd if he comes over here. I mean, nobody gives a damn about Ben over here. There's no even even
1: if it's even if it's Manny Pacquiao. I personally, I can't even. I couldn't even see a crowd turn.
3: No, no, I mean, like they would probably try to put it Vegas, and then I mean Pacquiao. He's he doesn't really have his fans that much anymore. I mean, he's past it. He's kind of a sideshow now, too. Did he have, like, a YouTube fight? I mean, that, once you start doing the YouTube fights, that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't – who knows? Pacquiao kind of does weird stuff, too. So, I can see Pacquiao actually taking the fight. I mean, really, realistically, I can see Pacquiao, if you paid him enough money, I can see him taking it. But, no, I mean, if the if fight's over here, trust me, nobody gives a damn about Conor Ben. I mean, nobody cares. They would I mean, they, I, I can't see anybody, even Pacquiao. I mean, Broner still has a little select few that kind of like to watch him fight, but even then, it it couldn't be a main event. But you know, they would make it a main event. So, I mean, I don't know. He, I just can't that was, stand Claire, that.
1: That purely would be for the spectacle, right? If it, was
3: yeah, exactly. Him. Just because Broner would make it an event because you know he would just be where he always is, and I don't know there's... Nobody cares about Connor Ben. I mean, but he acts like they do. But they only really care about him because they're just making fun of him and about the whole eggs and all the stupid shit he says and the fake beard and the. It still bugs me about the fake beard, though. So you go through all that effort right. and then you shave yes. the, and then you shave the shit off. Why would you go through all that effort? Embarrass yourself, look like a damn fool, and then you shave it off. It, I, I don't understand it. It still, it still bugs me.
1: Well, yes. There might not not be a beard anymore, but he's got got a lovely pencil pencil moustache which is um
3: you pay all you pay all that money and then you just shave it off it makes no sense. That's just I don't get it.
0: Just quickly, boys, let me say something actually on on that situation about what's next and that. He is not a draw whatsoever in America, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, anything like that. But I don't think that matters in the short term. This is a long-term play now for them. He's young enough that they're going to be looking at damage limitation. It doesn't matter if he draws a crowd in his next few fights or his next moves. Fighters fight that less a year as it is anyway he could ride that they're looking to ride out this band. that's what they're going to do it doesn't matter no, you're right. next Absolutely. they're going to it's a long no, Steve, plan
3: steves right steves right if he comes out and say he beats broader then the drug test is over I, I believe if you come out and say be broader nobody's going to talk about it anymore he's he's already got a fight He beats somebody, somebody knows, and Steve's right, they'll move on. It's over.
0: Yeah, couple of fights, couple of wins. Gets his license back. He's still young in the context Uh of a boxer. Boxers only fight once or twice a year at the moment anyway, at that kind of level. They're going to ride it out. This is damage limitation. It doesn't matter about the next fights, I don't think.
3: Oh, yeah, in a couple of years, this like never happened. Yeah. For most people.
1: Just for the record, I can't, I can't see him fighting any of like the top kind of seven or eight welterweights anyway. No. Any, no. He would lose. So. He
3: wouldn't beat yeah, him. He wouldn't,
1: so he, he wouldn't
3: beat him.
1: Well, we'll, we'll park we'll part Conor Ben there because Justin said, who cares about Conor Ben? And we've just spent 30 minutes talking about him. So, I don't want to talk about him anymore. <laughs> so, let's park Conor Ben there. Right. So, let's talk about the other shit show that's going on in the world of boxing right now, which is Tyson Fury versus... Alexander Usyk. So, is it on? Is it off? Do we care? Let's have a discussion. Um, uh, again, I, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm using some uh, some of the interviews that have been floating around. And again, uh, Rob Tebbutt done, done has done a pretty good interview with uh, Usyk's promoter Alex uh, Krasnyuk on ID Boxing. Um, Krasniqi talks about his, I suppose, it's his disappointment. You know, he, he says about, you know, he's had good conversations with Queensbury and uh, and he just believes that it's it's Tyson that's that's really holding this fight up. And he he goes on to mention that the uh, that the offer from his their their the, the uh, Usyk's camp is is sixty forty in the winner's favour, um, which you know people will have their their their, their, you know, their discussions about Matty, but. And then, obviously, Tyson Fury's come out today and says he wants it 70-30 in his favour. Now, whether we think those splits are good enough, bad enough, you know, not fair, blah-de-blah-de-blah, it's all been shat on today by the, uh, is it WBA, I think it was, who have announced that 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 fight can't happen. And now we've got to to sit there and watch uh, Alexander Usyk um, fight with Daniel Dubois. So... What do you make of it, Matty, the whole Fury-Usyk debacle? And what are your instant thoughts on the potential of Usyk versus Dubois?
2: Well, just to provide a bit of an update first, what I've just seen on Twitter is that Usyk has actually accepted 70-30 split on the basis that uh, Fury pays $1 000, Pounds uh, to the Ukraine, like the, the the Ukrainian cause, the Ukrainian struggle. Right. So, if like if like like then Fury, basically, what Usyk's done is he's called Fury's bluff, there, hasn't he? Because Fury well, well, uh, is it...
1: wait, wait, wait. There's there's NHS workers that are still waiting for their money. <laughs> Fury isn't there. So and some
2: homeless people as well. I think.
1: Yeah, homeless people and all the rest of it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, look, he's called he's called Fury's bluff completely there, hasn't he? If if Fury then goes on to send him an actual contract with seventy thirty in it, and he signs it, then we actually have a fight, don't we? But fingers crossed. But I'm not I'm not holding out any hopes, and I don't think anyone in the chat tonight is either. And to be honest, the entire thing has been an absolute fucking disgrace from Fury as Aussie would say if he was on the chat with us tonight as well i'm sure it is absolutely crazy i I just i just can't see the justification for just not making the fight it fury keeps saying oh i'm the bigger draw i'm the bigger draw well maybe you are in the uk but you're only a bigger draw if you have someone in there to fight with you the fans accepted chisora because Everyone thought Chisora was the warm-up through Sick. So if that fight doesn't happen and Fury fights some, I don't know, some, you know, some top 15 contender from the WBC that they, you know, that they they bring up (laughs) just to fight Fury, then no one's going to accept it. And, and, you know, that will be the fight where Fury gets no fans. It's just ridiculous. And... Yeah, the the, the WBA have come in with a bit of a ultimatum and have said, if you do not make this fight uh, pretty pretty much today, then we are going to order Daniel Dubois to uh, fight against Dusik, which, well, it's pretty clear that that's going to be the next one if uh, this fight falls through. And, you know, to be honest with yous, Yes, I fancy Usyk in that fight, but it's not the worst fight in the world for Usyk. I, I you know, I think Daniel Dubois is a pretty decent operator, and you know, I, I'm not sure what he's like with his injury right now. I think, I think he it, didn't he do something to his foot in his last fight. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I
1: allegedly, yeah, a knee injury is is what they're allegedly saying. All right, right, right,
2: right, knee injury. Well. I, I don't know what the I don't know if he's recovered from that. I, I yeah, like I said, I don't really have much news on what what his recovery is. But you know, I, I don't I don't I don't mind Dan Daniel. He's a, he's a decent fighter, and I think he's only improving under Shane. So I, if, if he's got the opportunity, why not take it? I say. Yeah, I think Usyk stops him. I, I believe called... so as well.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, yeah I probably i probably agree with and that. I don't, I, don't I don't think he
3: hurt his knee. I, just think, I just don't think he can take a shot. And he just got lucky. I don't think I don't think he hurt it that he just can't take a shot. And I think Usyk will just wear him down and just stop him.
1: Um Steve, just wanna go back to the, the Usyk fury. I think I think there's a little bit of disrespect going around for Usyk. Um you you I think it's quite uh, it's quite easy to say you're with me. You know you're heavily on the Usyk bandwagon. You got to give him massive credit. You know for everything that he's done up to this point, it's all been away from home. You know we've spoken about it before. Um, I just think I just think a little bit of respect is owed to him. Not not just because he's got three of the belts, but because of how he's had to get to this situation. You know a two fight deal with Matram to get. To get uh, AJ out of the way, and and obviously he done it well. It was one of the best boxing performances I think I've ever seen in recent times. Again, in the first fight, some have their view on w- whether it was a closer affair. The second one, I, I, I still think it was it was wide enough to be considered a you know we don't need to see that again or or, or nothing of the sort. I I just think it's very unfair of fury to to, to dismiss Usik the way he has been, and I know he comes about out with a lot of social media bollocks, but he's got to give this guy some credit at some point, and if that means a fair shake with the with the finances then then so be it
0: yeah, no, I think you've you've touched upon something there that's quite accurate. Fury's playing upon this thing that is present within boxing to some degree, especially with the this kind of casual fan element. I don't really mean that in a loaded way, the kind of people who dip in and out. That Jusic is a bit of a, because of his antics, he's a bit of a simpleton, maybe, who can be pushed around. He showed in the past that he's happy to make fights. Fury's a troll at the end of the day. He just loves the attention. He can't live without being in the limelight. And the whole thing is weird, really, when you look at it, because he fought Wilder three times. They managed to negotiate through that with all the moving parts about. You had Warren, you had Bob Arum, you had Al Heyman, PBC, ESPN, all these people floating about. And yet they can't make a fight with Usyk, a man who's spent his career on the road, really, making big fight after big fight, making concessions constantly to make the big fights happen. I mean, as as the great Snoop Doggy Dog once sang, if it ain't one thing, it's the motherfucking other. And the way that person, that Fury's personality is, even if Yusik accepts the 70-30, I just think to myself, he's going to come up with something else, isn't he? He's going to be on Instagram or Twitter or whatever in a few days saying, oh, you know, what? it's going to be this, it's going to be that, I'm on the Gypsy King and all this type of stuff. And it'll just be the next thing. Yusik has called his bluff in a way and he can't help but admire him, really. It's the fight that we all want to see. It's the fight that needs to happen. Fury's too busy trolling people and a lot of people are getting fed up with it now. And I think if we'd have gone in... You wouldn't, you don't mind Fury's trolling and his antics if the big fights are getting made. And for a while, they were. He fought Wilder three times, as I said. Absolutely fantastic. But now, with that Chizora third fight, things were wearing a bit thin. People were like, okay, fair enough. I don't mind seeing that because we expected we were going to have Yusuke climbing in the ring. That was all going to be organised next. You'd make do with Fury, uh, Fury Chisora 3, even though nobody wanted it. But now that it's dragging on a bit more, people are starting to get fed up with it all a bit now and um, thinking that the fight's not going to happen. But, I mean, it has to happen, and hopefully Yusick can, can push push it through and um, call his bluff like like it seems like he has done.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, like, fuck this fight, because if we've got Steve Welling's rapping on a Friday night, then, you know what I mean? there's, <laughs> there's only one way to go. Where's my <laughs> <buddy>? <laughs> A lot of wisdom hey. in those songs.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Justin, just, just to kind of... Uh, one final point on... on on this before we move on, like, so, for me now, this, if, if, if this fight doesn't happen anytime soon, right, I personally, or if it was me, would like, if if I was in control of this, I'd love to see the WBC step in here and say, well, look, you know, Tyson, you know, you're sitting around waiting for money, the belt needs to be fought for, you know, you can't just sit and hang about, and, 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 like, you know, actually intervene here and maybe either strip him or, 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 like, you know, force him to take some kind of a fight. But we'll, let's face it, we're under no illusion that Suleiman loves having, you know, the the, the, the uh, pantomime villain Fury un, under his wing and, 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 obviously, you know, as the belt holder. And it just gives all that publicity to the WBC, you know, the fucking T-shirts, the fucking green belt wrapped around him everywhere he goes and all the rest of it. So, like, that... Sh- like in a real world, sure you'd want to see you'd want to see the the sanctioning body kind of step in here and say, look, well, either fight for it or fucking lose it, mate. Do you agree?
3: I mean, that's the perfect world, but look at Charlo. I mean, he's had about what seven years that hasn't fought or whatever the hell that is. Like they keep they mm-hmm. haven't stripped him, so it's just not going to happen. I mean, there's. Yeah, in a perfect world, they would say, hey, you know, either you've got to fight or we're going to put you, like, champion recess or do something, but that, that'll never happen. He just makes too much money for them. And Like I said, if they're going to let Charlo keep his as long as they have, it's just not going to happen. But, honestly, everybody wants to see the fight. I mean, of course, I want to see it, but I'm not going to lose my – I'm not going to lose sleep either way. I mean, if they do, they fight, they fight, they don't, they don't. This is just – it always comes up. Fury – he just likes to be in control. He just likes to be in charge. He likes to make all the calls And we like. And like Steve said, I don't think you is a damn about the negotiation. I think he'll just sign whatever. He's like, he's ready. Like, I don't think that's a, I don't think he's, I don't think his team goes in there and has all these huge demands and says he has to have this and they better give him that. I think he's just willing to get it on and at least get a decent fair shake of it. But Fury just, I don't know what he's doing. He just, this is what he always does. This, he, it's getting old because you can do this little stick he in does. Two miles, use the right two lanes to take oh, exit 87. Oh, right to right. You right. can do... use this. <laughs> yeah, I got a uh, GPS. So GPS scary, telling me to get off.
2: So uh... yeah, you man. can. Do...
3: Yeah, Justin, with his <laughs> wife in the car
1: there. Apologies. Um...
3: <laughs> yeah, you can do. You can. You can do this little thing he does every once in a while, but not. But he does it every single time. He never changes. It's like he has a a script that he has to read off, and it's the exact same thing. Get on Twitter. Make fun of the guy. Go out in public. Do the little thing he does. Talk about this. He's going to make the fight with Usyk, but he has to go through this whole freaking thing before he does it, and it just gets so old. God, it just gets ridiculously old, but yeah, they will fight one day. I don't know when. I'm not going to sit there and worry about it. When it happens, it just happens, but if Usyk has to fight Dubois, so be it. He'll beat Dubois. Fury, I don't know who the hell Fury will end up trying to fight in between. I hope God knows who he'll try to pick. But it just but is know, what it know, is. You know you
1: know, Hearn's you know you know just going to be sitting there rubbing his hands together thinking, i will just in. half a mile, use the right two right lanes to take exit
2: 87 for I-285. US yeah, 52
3: yeah. toward Lexington, Winston. What Le-2. was it they said that Hearn, what was it, not Hearn, but they said, you know, when they saw him and Deontay Wilder, everybody was like, there's going to be a part four. They were talking about it. My God, people are just hurting for news. I, I wouldn't be shocked if him and Deontay Wire did a fourth yes, one. Two lanes to take Shit, shut up. Shut <laughs> the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> Will you take
0: the fucking right two lanes, Justin, for goodness sake? Come on, Jesus man. Jesus Christ, okay. Justin. We are right.
3: right.
0: yeah. hey, not life. If, if a woman's
1: giving you directions, you're a fucking <laughs> terrible driver. That's all I'm saying, right? So, anyway. No,
3: this is... This is what I have to use the GPS when I come back. I don't know this state very well, and so I have to like come back from like a five-hour drive, and so I have to listen to her. But God, she will. She'll tell you take that. So you heard her. Same right turn seventeen times. Man, I made it. We're made it. But like I said, I don't know. Y'all can finish it. I don't know what's going on. He, he's gonna. He's gonna do what he's gonna do. He has to do this. This is like his. Maybe this is how he copes. His mental health It's just. He has to act like a prick. He has to go through the whole thing, and then he'll. And then
1: he'll do it. Right. So we're going to go from one state to another. Let's get on to some of the good stuff. And the state we're talking about right now is the state of Javonna Davis turning up dressed, uh, standing toe to toe with Ryan Garcia for, for a fight, which for, for a lot of us gives us a mental hard on for some of us. It gives us a, a bit of a physical hard on, um, this, Matty, let's jump to you on this one. I I'm really intrigued in this fight. Um, I'm buzzing for it. I think it's, it's definitely more than enough to keep me up, you know, in the middle of the night waiting for this one to wash it live. Um, I, my honest opinion right now, knowing, having watched a lot of the two fighters, you know, play out their career up to this point, I can't see past a Davis win. Uh, and for me by knockout, um, how do you see it playing out? And, and, and it, and if I'm well, um, if if you go with Davis, which I think you're you're going to go with, what do you think Garcia's going to need to do to try and impose himself on this
2: fight? Yeah, it's a it's a really good fight, isn't it, mate? Like right now, like of of the fights that we know about, what the, the biggest, if not the second biggest, besides uh, Fulton and in, in a way, I. At the uh, very least up there, and yeah, uh, you, you've completely predicted me already. I'd be going with a Davies stoppage as well. I just think, uh I, I'm going to borrow a Steve phrase here. He just slows the pace right down. And I, when, when when he said it with the gas uh, the Hector Garcia fight, I completely agreed with it. Just the way he's just able to slow things down and just slowly but surely pick away and poke at his opponents before just finally finding the right timing to, to just absolutely explode on them it's it is it is brilliant uh and i just don't think garcia ha- has that has that pacing him to really uh, impose himself on, on on davis uh in terms of what dave in terms of what garcia needs to do to beat davis it's a difficult one because I I, I honestly think that Garcia hasn't really showed anything for me that would trouble Davis up to this point. And maybe I'm being overly harsh on Garcia here, but I I honestly haven't seen a whole lot from him that, that really, that I really think would overly trouble Davis. I, I, I think that, He'd need to start fast. That 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 that's the thought that I have coming into this. He'd need to start fast and work that body hard. But even then, I, I I'm just not certain that he'd be able to to really hang with Davis. Just going into those later rounds, and I I, I do have a sense that that Garcia would eventually just get caught by Davis. But yeah, in, in terms of a plan to beat him, start fast, go to the body. Try, try and work up top. Try and work up top, and 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 really try and impose himself as, as much as he can on, on Davis. I mean, this is a catchweight fight. I would hesitate to say Garcia is probably the bigger man in there. I, he, that size needs to be used against him. But yeah, it, like like I say, it, it's quite difficult for me really to think of a way Garcia has to beat him because, like I say, I I, I honestly think Garcia hasn't shown me anything that really give gives me the belief that he has the tools to beat Davis, to be quite honest.
3: Danny?
1: Sorry, I muted there myself there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, really. the best of yeah. us, Danny. It happens to the best of oh, us. No. <laughs> uh, Steve, I know. Steve, I'm struggling there with Garcia. I, I, I really don't see... What he can, what, what, what ploy he can put in place to kind of trouble Giovanni uh, Davis here. I, I, obviously, we know he's got really fast hands. Um, I think his power is a bit of a myth purely on the people that he's fought up to this point. I don't think many of them have been uh, of have any great shake. Um, i I don't know I, I, I just think he's got to come out like a bit of a whirlwind like at the start like matt he's just alluded to and I, I think he's got to try and take it to him and just put his fucking balls on the line um but you're a you're a big davis fan so so, so tell us tell us what your your, your views are and what the, how this might play out.
0: Yeah, I am a big Davis fan. And I give both of them credit for taking this fight. Uh, I agree with your point as well about Davis turning up to the press conference looking like your man at the fifth element. I don't know what the hell's going on there. (laughs) And those horrible tattoos he has all over his little pudgy belly as well. But, I mean, he he hasn't made the greatest of life, life choices, as we know. But Davis is a fantastic fighter. I think he's an absolute superstar. He's intelligent as well. Everyone talks about the power, the power I hear all the time. He's a very clever technical boxer. He's got really long arms, he can close the distance very fast, very good hand speed, and of course that massive power as well. I'm definitely leaning towards him, but whoever wins, absolutely full credit to them. It's going to be really important for Davis to try and slow the pace down, as Matty said, get into a bit of a boxing match, plant his feet and let the big shots go, but I think he's so clever getting in and out, he can't afford to let Garcia plant his feet. Because whenever Garcia plants his feet and lets that left hook go, if you stand stationary for a few seconds, Mm. look at the fights against like guys like Juno, uh, Francisco, Fonseca, just standing in range for that split second too long. If you watch, well, I I wouldn't go back and watch Garcia's fight with Emmanuel Togo because it was terrible. But Togo was constantly moving and Garcia could not get rid of him. He could not catch him. So So I can see Davis employing kind of similar tactics, slowing the pace down just moving slightly, constantly moving, moving, moving all the time so Garcia can't set his feet. And then the left hook is dangerous, Garcia, absolutely. Isaac Cruz pushed back Tank as well at times, made it rough with him. Garcia's not going to fight that way. Goosen's an excellent trainer. He's a very sharp a Tank. I can see Garcia pushing him back a bit like Rolly did at first, but at some point, Tank is going to catch him. And when he catches him on that chin, I'm not convinced that Garcia has the best chin in the world. And uh, Davis punches like a, like a super welterweight or something. And I think once he catches him, he's an absolutely devastating finisher. So I'm going for Tank in about six rounds. But I don't think he's going to knock Garcia out early because Garcia's shit. Like I said before, full credit to him to take this fight. He will go in there believing he's the bigger man, the faster man, the harder puncher. He will believe in himself, Garcia. And he could have a trick or two up his sleeve. He could stand off and let Tank lead. And try and box him, like Doctor FNG was saying there in the chat. It could be a real tactical affair, but at some point, Tank's going to catch him, and I think he'll knock him out.
1: Yeah, Justin, I, I, like Steve said there, like I think, I think, the, the, I think Tank's going to have to take some shots uh, to get into range to do what he needs to do, you know, to, to deliver a KO. Um, but I just, like I say, I, I just think, I just the power of Garcia is a little bit of a myth. You, you look at you look at the the people that he has knocked out. You know Luke Campbell. I mean, like you know, I know that fight was a long, a long time ago. That Luke Campbell fight, but you know he's 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 not that active and hasn't been active. You know what's he had? He's had two fights since that Luke Campbell fight. So three fights in in you know, nearly three years. I mean, and it, and again, you know, Campbell was at that point a washed fighter, but yet still good enough to to put to put uh, uh, Garcia on his ass. So so um, what do you what do you make of the, this one, mate?
3: I agree with everything everybody's already said. I mean, I, and also I think people got to realize too is that this is a level that Garcia. This is like another level. This is like I mean, Gar- Davis. This is a huge step up level. This is he hasn't faced anybody with anything like this, and so that that's also coming to factor. I, I mean, I don't know. Dave, Gar- I think Garcia has one thing. He's faster, but that's the only thing he's better than. Because like Steve said. He might look like a dumbass, but Davis, when he gets in there, is really smart. Like, he he knows what he's doing. He knows how to get around. He knows how to set up his shots. And I agree with everybody else. I think he'll catch him somewhere past the fifth round. He'll just catch it because Garcia is going to have to stand there sometimes and fight with him, and then he's just going to get called. And then that's it. It's over. Yeah.
1: Because
3: he's not going to hurt. He's not going to hurt Davis. Davis can take shots. I don't think I think David he's not going to hurt it. I don't think that's I, going to happen.
1: I can't I can't remember a time when I've seen Davis even remotely wobbled.
3: No, I, I've never even seen him buzz like ever. I've never seen him even like really back off because somebody. So I'm saying that it's not going to happen. I've I've never even seen David You know, sometimes you'll take that little step back to kind of like oh shit, the kind of you know he kind of got me a little bit. That's never going to that, that has even happened yet. That, that I've yeah. seen. So I, I think I think. I mean, I like Garcia. I think I like the fact that he wants to take the fight. And like Steve said, he's going to believe no doubt in his mind that he's going to believe that he's going to win. So that should make it a good fight for as long as it lasts. Cause he will come out and make Davis fight, I think. So I think it'll be a good fight for as long as it goes.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I, um, before we close this out, um, I know I, I, I kind of wanted to kind of touch on, um, the potential of John Ryder and, uh, and Canelo as well, uh, after Eddie Hearn mentioned it today, but maybe we'll save that one for another, another chat at some point. I, d- I did want to talk about the the other kind of, well, super fight that I think is coming up. Um, and that's um, Steve Thornton Steve versus uh, Noya Um Now, if you're well, de- depending on what your, your language is like, these two, I believe, are fighting at su- Super Brandt- Brampton, I believe it is, or something like that. But anyway.
0: Super um, Bampton weight.
1: Bampton, yeah, Brampton, Bampton, I don't know. Uh, whatever the poor lad uh, decided. Cal Brampton weight.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> super Brampton I mean, weight. Go I've got to be <laughs> honest, it as much as Davis Garcia excites me, I think this Fulton in Inuit. Is a super fight. Like I, I think it's fucking brilliant. Like it, it's, it's really exciting me. And it might, it must be a hardcores kind of, you know, fight because obviously, like you say, the, you know, people in, people in America that like their boxing are going to know Fulton, um, and then obviously people, you know, well, people from Glasgow are going to know who Noir anyway he is because of his random appearance there. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I love this fight. Uh, I just want everyone's genuine, just, just well, their their opinion at this point and how that one might, might play out. Obviously, I think obviously everyone, well, a lot of people are, are taking Thornton as the as the uh, the favorite there, but I just think you can't dismiss uh, Inue's boxing style, his confidence, um, his just his all round skill. Um, so just, Dave will throw this one over to you. Give me your initial thoughts on 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 uh, you know like what, what how. How excited you are about that potential fight? Oh yeah, I'm definitely
0: excited about this fight. I think it's a it's a fantastic fight. Um, my initial thoughts are forming around the fact that I think it's going to be a close fight, actually, a really close fight. I think Inuyu yeah, is going do. to win. I think is going to win on points. I don't think he's going to stop Fulton. I think Fulton showed at this level he dealt with the pressure of Figueroa very well, which is. Unintelligent pressure at times, you must say, but he dealt with him well. He's clearly got a gas tank and engine. He can do the 12 rounds at a high pace under a lot of pressure. I think home advantage will tell for Inoue. I think the scorecards are going to be very close. I think some people on the other side might even be saying that it was potentially a robbery and should have gone to Fulton. I think the Japanese element will favour it in Inoue's corner. Could even be a majority decision. I think Inoue on points and it's going to be very close. Inoue is not just a power puncher. He's a clever boxer as well, and I think he'll be able to box with Fulton. But Fulton will be always there, working away. He's not the biggest puncher in the world, so how he'll keep Inoue off him, I'm not sure. But then, of course, Inoue is coming up in weight as well. How many more weight divisions can he climb before size becomes a factor, before he can't knock people out? And I think the Paul Butler fight, as negative as Butler was, was a bit of a, a wake-up call's too strong, but I expected him to absolutely annihilate Butler, and for whatever reason, he contrived to make it through 11 rounds. And it's not just because of that factor, but it just reminds us from time to time. Same with the Air fight. As good as Inuai is, he is a monster of sorts, but he's only human at the end of the day. And there's always going to be someone out there to beat you. I don't think Fulton will be the man, but I think he'll come pretty close. Very close fight for me. I think Inouye will nick it, but I'm looking forward to it all the same.
1: Yeah, agreed. I I mean, I, I, I don't think you can read too much into um, into the Butler fight. Um when a trainer sent a boxer in there basically to run around for eleven rounds, I think I think it can always be quite um, discouraging for the for the other fighter. And when mm-hmm. is obviously that that kind of you know explosive knockout artist that we all love, I think it can be frustrating. And 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 you know that times you've really got to change it up. And I think on that night we really saw Inuyas boxing IQ at, at another level because. He, he started doing things to really entice Butler in to try and make a fight of it. And I thought that was very clever. Yes. People could say, Oh, but anyone could do that. But he's, you know, in that situation, you know, in his home, in front of his home crowd to, to, to have the, the nerve, the skill, whatever you want to call it, to do that in front of, but against Butler, I think, it, I think it just shows another, another level of, of, of greatness. Um, Matty, what, what about yourself? Like, Obviously, a lot of people are not, you know, not going to be, not going to know enough about Inua. Certainly, from obviously from a casual point of view, to, to to really know what he's all about. I mean, obviously, I alluded to earlier. I was luckily enough to lucky enough to be in in Glasgow, pretty much ringside to watch him uh, beat uh, Rodriguez. I think it was um, at the time. Um, He's just fantastic, and, and that's why I'm I'm kind of siding with him in, in this one against Fulton. And I think like like Steve said, I, I think it's going to go the twelve rounds, and I'll be surprised if it doesn't.
2: Yeah, I, I think fantastic's the word for it, Danny. Uh, I, I was saying before, this is the fight of the year so far for me. Davis Garcia is just a, is a is a solid second uh, in my opinion at the very least. What what a good fight, man! Just in a way, you know, you completely undisputed coming up to challenge, you know, some who people who would say the 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 dominant champion at super bantam or super Brampton, uh, however you want to describe it, it's wow, just such a fantastic fight. And to be honest with you, I, I agree with you that I don't really take a lot from the Butler fight. I think Butler was very negative, only there just to survive and really wasn't in it to try and win any rounds at all just to kind of like have some sort of saving grace saying oh i went 12 rounds within away while losing you know the round 12 to nothing it it, it was it, uh, yeah that that strategy for me was absolutely bollocks and in a way eventually found him out because as steve said he is a good boxer he's a tricky boxer he and, and he does set traps and he and when he finds his opportunity, he goes for it. Uh, I do slightly disagree in the sense that I, 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 think the the Japanese factor won't be as much of a factor. Obviously, it is in in a way's hometown, but we we know Japanese scorecards. We know them to be really good and really fair, regardless of the fighters. And I can see a Japanese judge having a lot of respect for Fulton going into it. I, I I agree with you, lads. Though it's gonna be uh it, it's gonna go the full twelve rounds for me. I don't see Inaway stopping Fulton. I think Fulton's a little bit too tricky, a little bit too uh, just has that movement in order to avoid Inaway's shots. But at the same time, I don't think Fulton has the power to keep Inaway off him. I, I just think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Fulton probably taking you'd say maybe the first quarter. Uh, first couple rounds, and in a way, just imposing himself later on in the, in the fight. That's how I see it going for me. A Taylor two halves
1: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, um, Justin, if you if, if Dolly Parton stopped giving you directions on the roads, do you wanna? I know you're a big NUA fan. Um, do you want to tell us one what your what what your instant views are about this fight, and two, like I personally think NUA at super bantam. I think that's it. I think that's his ceiling. Not not because I don't think he could he could get any bigger, but I just I just worry that the the, the height and the reach then becomes a factor in in, in some of the fights further up the uh, further up the weights. So, to to tell us about it.
3: I agree. I I don't think he can go much more than this. I think he's kind of maxed out, probably where he's going to go. But I, don't, I agree with what y'all said. I mean, y'all kind of – everybody summed it up. I think most people are picking anyway. Fulton's good. I don't think he's as good as a lot of people have kind of built him up to be. I don't think he's like – I mean, he's good, but he's not, like, great. And NUA is great. So, I think that – to me, that's the difference. Fulton's good. He does everything pretty well. He, does, he doesn't do anything great. I mean, he doesn't – anything, he's not really, really good at anything. He's just a good, solid fighter. And I actually – I can't really remember. I think I – I had Figueroa beating him. I don't remember that. I can't. That's a long time ago now. But I think I had Figueroa. It was. I mean, I know it was what a split decision. So it's Majority like decision. I don't know. Majority decision. So Fulton's good. Like you said, he doesn't have the power. He's not going to stop NUA. and it's, it's going to be hard for him to keep NUA off in Japan. But for Fulton, you know, win or lose, it doesn't really matter. I think for him, this is he wins either way it goes because he actually, you know, stepped up. Put it on the line, so I think he's going to come out. He's gonna come out of this good either way it goes. But I think Inouye is just gonna probably like one, probably like one fifteen, one thirteen. But I think he'll get him. But yeah, I, you're right though about that. I don't think he can go up much more than this.
1: No, and I think I think obviously if, if Inouye can beat Fulton, I think there's some there's some tidy fights at, at, at Super Bantam for him. You know, um, we've talked about the Casimiro fight before. On a previous part, I think, um, which which I think that's that's not a bad one. Um, I don't know. There's there, there's a few there anyway. Like you know, it, it, I I just again I just think that the next step up I think might be a just bit, a, a tad too much, and I think he might be he, he'll just have to hang around at, at this weight and just wait for some talent either to come up or come down to kind of maybe pad out the division a bit more. But I think I think there's there's enough for him to keep him occupied for at least a, a good you know uh 3 to 4 years if not a little bit more but uh but yeah um i don't really want to take up any more of your time uh obviously i've really appreciated that everyone coming on and obviously like i say, steve for for letting me take the hot seat again tonight um just one final point from myself um as uh, steve alluded to on sunday there is a boxing nutters meet up in nottingham on the 3rd of june um, fuck knows what me and Matty have signed ourselves up to. But um, I mean, come <laughs> around, um, We'll either end up in prison or sucked out, <laughs> fucked out for a handout or whatever. Oh, lot, it could go anyway, but we'll see. We'll see. You know, the, the, if so, if you if you want a, if you want a wild night out with MTK and force of Rick reveal then give myself or or Rick a, a, a nudge in the Patreon WhatsApp group. And we'll slide you into the separate nutters meet up chat, and uh, we can give you all the details on on what hotels not to book and um, what people to book into your room at one one minute past midnight when uh, when everything gets a bit saucy. But yeah, um, any final thoughts from anyone?
2: Yeah, I just want to take one final thought. If I may, uh, just I, I wanted to say that contrary to what Andy keeps saying on the pod, I kind of wanted to big up boxing in a way. Just we had a lot of negativity at the start. And I just wanted to say that I have found the first quarter of 2023 to be a fantastic year so far.
0: Go on, Matt, into
2: him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that. I understand that. I, I understand exactly what Andy means in terms of the big fights not being made, and and I I, I think after a while you can have that cynicism because of it. But oh, the the fights that we've had this year have just been really good. Every week, fan really really good fights. The only week I can think of so far that we've not had like a fight to write home about is fucking. Ejabba and Steven Shaw, which, yeah, let's be honest, that, that was, you could see that coming a fucking mile away, that that wasn't going to be a barn burner. But outside of that, every single week has had some fantastic fight of the year candidates, I'd say. Actually, so,
3: George, actually, George Foreman would enjoy Ejabba uh, Shaw, because you remember when he was the commentator for Holyfield Ruiz, he thought that was the best shit in the world.
0: <laughs> oh my God! Y'all, yeah, y'all, I remember. Y'all remember that. Yeah, yeah. and they've they done it him. three times as well. Three fights. Yeah, oh and you remember he kept
3: going on to Merchant, kept saying, "Your are you talking about? Like, what the hell are you <laughs> looking at?" And Merchant, right. it, and remember him and Merchant kept going back and forth. The door was like, "You don't know box and you don't see the good what's going on in their Merchant's like, "You have lost it, Jordan." It was the funny because <laughs> everybody they had that same argument every single time, and George Mormon just and Merchant was like, Merchant was us. Like, come on, but George Foreman, I don't know, maybe just because he was just – respects the boxer, He would not – it was the best thing for him. I stood at – every time I see John Ruiz, the first thing I think is how Larry Merchant and him just – God, that was funny. Back – yeah, but still, he would have enjoyed a jogger. That would have been his kind of – what was it? He's like, George Foreman's was like, you don't understand the inside fighting skills it takes, the way they're – look at Ruiz and these subtle moves, and it was just <laughs> god-awful. <laughs>
1: Well, Justin, stick around because I believe Steve wants to make an announcement that that's going to be the punches from the past special.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, I would
0: love it. Could you imagine that? Telling Andy <laughs> that. All three <laughs> fights, too, man.
3: God, that's a long watch party. All three fights. I mean, is that the worst trilogy of all time? It's oh, in it's the top got five. Got
0: it's got, got, got top the yeah, terrible, terrible fights. Question for the pod, Steve. Yeah. There you go. I don't need to even think I could even bring it up as a question, to be honest.
2: <laughs> I think Andy was <laughs> just quit the pod right there it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> But I I still like
3: I... Jahwe's name of the quiet man. I don't know, I don't understand what he was going with it, but it was still just the most random
0: name. That's right. He was the quiet man and Norman Stone was doing the talking for him in the corner. Yeah. He, he, was, he was a character. Um I'll just say quickly, Danny, thanks for, for hosting the call and thanks for the boys for coming on. Good, good nutters call as always. Go ahead, sir.
1: Yeah, no, just 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 last thing on Matty's point, like we, we have had some accidental value, you know, if you if you want to call it that, this year in, in boxing, you know, some fights that with names that we wouldn't tend to sort of like, you know, get remotely excited about, we've ended up watching it because there's NAFA an one, and, and it's ended up giving us some entertainment. So yes, yeah, so I will give it that, you know, but we as we said before that we joined the call live, boxing always seems to to to, to claw itself back off the canvas at, at some point or another. And, and I'm sure with these uh, the two fights we've just ended up talking about towards the end there will we'll certainly hopefully lift all of our spirits and become fights that we'll look back on in years to come. But, um, but yeah, so, so just again, thanks for Matty for joining us. Thanks to Justin for jumping on. And, again, thanks for Steve for letting me take over the hot seat.
3: And also be careful at Hooters. I told you the story earlier.
0: <laughs> yeah, be careful at Hooters, it, everybody.
3: It can ruin lives, ruin them. <laughs>
0: Cheers, boys. I'll close it up now. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Justin.
1: All the best, gents. Take care.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.